0: Well, good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast for Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRNAM for Monday, September 19th, 2022. And our top story today... UPS, a case study in workplace emergency savings. Today's show is powered by Funding Our Future. To learn more about Funding Our Future, its members and its mission, visit fundingourfuture.us. Brian, great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning.
1: And thank you very much for
0: having me. And I love, look, I love talking about emergency savings. I just love talking about savings in general. And what I thought would be interesting is you, you and a group of firms partnered with the United Parcel Service, better known as UPS, a lot of packages they deliver each and every day. But they rolled out an emergency savings program and they saved uh, collectively $10 million. And Brian, let's start off But that's a lot of money.
1: Yeah, it it really is. And it's a, a significant impact. And we were really thrilled to be able to partner with UPS as part of BlackRock's emergency savings initiative, which is this philanthropic effort to work with a variety of private sector partners to drive emergency savings. UPS was really one of the first to identify this opportunity to support their non-union employees with emergency savings. And, you know, the impacts of that, as you said, $10 million in new savings, increased participation in this uh, feature of their 401k plan uh, that we really think is going to have an impact on those employees' lives.
0: And and look, I think we've learned a lot of lessons through the pandemic. And just to kind of pull back a little bit, um, We haven't done a good job in, the great majority of us have not done a good job in in saving for an emergency. Um, There's a lot of debt, a lot of credit card debt, student loan debt, that's a whole nother story that we'll we'll cover on the network at another point. But really, tools like this, and and this case study really is a a roadmap for other employers to help their employees, because if they're not financially secure, Brian, they're not going to be very productive workers.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely true, and you know that is part of our hope of this program and these partnerships uh, that we've developed, and being able to tell this story to try to inspire other employers to take similar action. So we know how critical it is to have emergency savings as a uh, lead-in to retirement security. There's significant research we've done uh, and others that demonstrate a clear connection between having that emergency or liquid savings buffer and the ability to contribute to retirement. And so particularly for those employers who already have a retirement plan, but they want to make sure that employees are able to take full advantage of that considering emergency saving solution alongside those retirement benefits uh, is going to increase participation, increase engagement and help employees save for both the short term for those unexpected expenses, you know, whether it's a global pandemic or just an everyday impact or uh, as well as uh, managing for that long term retirement and being able to do those two things simultaneously.
0: I mean, who knows? You may need a new refrigerator and, and- You're going to have to pay for that. you got to pay for it either with a credit card or emergency savings. So, Brian, take us through at a very high level. How how does this program work? How did it work for UPS? Is it a part of the voluntary benefits that UPS offers? Is it a part of the 401k? Tell us a little bit about it um, in, in a little bit greater detail.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we started with an assessment of what solutions the the UPS could put in front of its employees to help them build emergency savings, did a pretty broad landscape scan of different vendors and solutions that were out there. And when considering what makes a high-quality emergency savings solution, as well as what worked best for UPS and their employees, we ended up landing on the after-tax component of their existing 401k plan, which is administered by Voya Financial. So this allows for after-tax contributions. They're more liquid than the pre-tax contributions uh, that employees are making. Uh, UPS had automatic enrollment, so they had really high participation in the pre-tax contributions, but this after-tax would be a voluntary election to take percentage of your pay in addition to what you're already contributing to pre-tax into this more liquid bucket that was well-designed for emergency savings in many ways, but frankly was just underutilized and had never been promoted for that purpose. So a lot of what our work was identifying that opportunity and working really closely with UPS and Voya to communicate this and in some ways rebrand this after-tax as a high-quality emergency saving solution that employees could take advantage of right now and encourage that promotion and engagement.
0: Now, I, I, I'm an old record keeper, or at least in my prior days, and I know that after-tax money typically is not, obviously it's after-tax, so it wouldn't be taxed, I think, unless the unless maybe the earnings get get taxed. But um, let's talk about the communications, because I feel like that is a part that is so important. And often, you know, it's okay to build these great retirement programs or even a great benefits program. But if you can't communicate it effectively, then people aren't going to use it. So how did they roll this out and what type of uh, communication strategy or stratagem, I'm going to use a good word there, uh, did they use to, to roll this out? Yeah, and it
1: it was certainly multi-pronged, so I think that is the right word to use. Uh, You know, what we took away from our experience and uh, what we've learned is that a multi-channel approach to communications is critical, Uh, that, you know, employees are making a lot of decisions around benefits, and so getting that attention and awareness is really important. So some of the things we did in collaboration with UPS and BOYA were to create a landing Page that describes the details of the after-tax account. As you said, there's you know some details and features that are really important for employees to understand. So you know explaining the value of emergency savings, how the after-tax account could help with that, and all the you know really important details so that employees know what they're participating in, and then driving traffic to that site through emails both from UPS and Voya to those planned participants who opted into communications, posting it on internal intranet sites, uh, incorporating it in other wellness, financial wellness or other wellness communications that UPS was already doing. So trying to reach employees through the many different channels that they're already using to engage in benefits. And that was absolutely critical to drive that awareness and break through those attention challenges.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, the the results speak for themselves and you've got I would imagine UPS, I think, is collectively bargains, and they probably have some non-collectively bargained employees as well. So there's different communication strategies, I'm sure, that are part of that. Uh, last question before we go to a commercial break. Unfortunately, we can't spend – I like to spend as much time as I can, but sponsors call. But um, tell us about um, the investment. I mean, is it is when they invest the money, they meaning the, the people, the individuals in the plan, does it go into the core investment Investments that are already part of the program or is it something like a stable value or money market fund knowing that this is maybe a little bit short time money? Any, any ideas there?
1: Yeah. So in this case, the investments would be invested in the same way as the pre-tax uh, investments, and and yep. so whatever the you know employee had it elected, they would be investing the after-tax in that same bucket. That's not true for all plans across the board, but that is how the UPS plan is set up, and that is you know frankly one of the challenges or opportunities for improvement is being able to invest at different risk levels, because as you suggested, you want to be investing in a stable or you know low risk uh, fund for those emergency expenses. And then ideally in more in return generating investments for that pre-tax long-term wealth
0: building. Yeah, really, really interesting. Well, I mean, the results speak for themselves, 41, 4,100 plus employees, $10 million. And that's just the beginning, Brian. Brian, you can take a very quick break. Can we come back If you're a policymaker or someone who advises a policymaker, well, we've got some tips and some lessons from UPS that apply to new policymaking on emergency savings. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement. Culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love.
1: But you got to start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in.
0: The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're going to change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Are you
1: over 50? Would you like to get up to 33% more income in retirement? Then call now for this free book, Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers. This free book reveals little-known secrets about annuity strategies that will help you make the right choices before buying an annuity. Call right now for your free book. And as a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report, both absolutely free, for calling Annuity General today. Call 800-504-8194.
0: Well, Brian, thanks so much for staying with us. Really appreciate you uh, hanging in here for segment two. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. All right. Uh, some great lessons learned from UPS, and I'm sure that there are other employers, other case studies. So let's let's talk to, obviously, our show has a broad audience and mature, young. Uh, we have policymakers that watch, some of their staff. Let's talk to those policymakers and let's talk to citizens out there who are advocates for better policy around emergency savings, what should we be thinking about, or what should they be thinking about, policymakers that is, around the core principles to policymaking for emergency savings? Yeah, absolutely.
1: It's a really important question right now, uh, too, because there are uh, pieces of legislation moving through both the House and the Senate related to retirement security, and there are emergency savings provisions, a number of them in those pieces of legislation. And so policymakers really have an opportunity to increase this connection between emergency savings and retirement security and you know for us uh, some of the best ways to do that uh, we've talked touched on a little bit in uh, describing the UPS case study but automatic enrollment uh, in emergency savings is a really major area of opportunity for policymakers. while we're proud of the impact that we've had in collaboration with UPS and Boya, that was a voluntary uh, election and when employees are choosing between the many different benefits and options they have, it is hard to get the level of engagement that we know employees demand. Uh, Folks like the Bipartisan Policy Center and AARP have shown that, you know, upwards of 70% of employees' are interested in automatic enrollment in emergency savings. But when you do these voluntary models, you're getting 1% to 5% oftentimes. So automatic enrollment being number one and just removing barriers so that if employers want to have that option to automatically roll in emergency savings, that they can do that. Um, a few others are really about ensuring that the emergency savings is clearly labeled as such and is its own bucket versus being pulled out of those core retirement assets. Uh, There's just some risk around leakage uh, and concerns that we would have if it's not really clearly labeled for emergency savings. Um, So I think that's another critical one. And then I'd say finally that they're designed for the emergency savings needs of the households that we're trying to impact as a mission-driven nonprofit. And you see that households experience Emergencies of you know thousand dollars, two thousand dollars. Pew Research suggested you know two two thousand to twenty five hundred dollar emergencies each year. So making sure that the buffer that folks can build up through these emergency saving solutions will actually meet those uh, high cost emergency expense needs that folks experience.
0: And I, I totally I, I, t- I agree that automatic enrollment. Look, I think we've learned a lot from Shlomo Benarti. Uh, uh, you know, Bill Sharp, others. I I talk like I know them personally. I know Shlomo, but I don't know uh, the Nobel laureate, Bill Sharp. But uh, in terms of automatic enrollment, just as a reminder, and I know under the Pension Protection Act in 2006, we had automatic enrollment and generally it's a 30-day opt-out. Would it be a a similar 30-day opt-out for the automatic enrollment on emergency savings or would it be different. I'm just trying to think about some of the administration around that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, and I think you know leveraging the best practices from the you know 401k experience seems very obvious to us. So, uh you know, whether it's exactly 30 days or something similar, I think giving employees time to again, review the information, understand what they are being enrolled into, having plenty of time to opt out. So this isn't taking choice away from employees. It's really simplifying the process and uh, smoothing the pathway from what we've seen is really strong interest in these programs, but lower participation. So something like a 30 day period to review the material, understand how to opt out, understand how you would access those funds With an unexpected expense is really critical. So yeah, absolutely, something like that time period uh, would would apply in the emergency savings
0: context as well. And you mentioned some bills meandering their way. I'll describe uh, in the Senate and the House of Representatives. I don't know if you know this, Brian, but there is an election coming up in midterms, uh, and then a lame duck session. Gosh knows what's going to happen. We're not going to talk about what's going to happen. But what does this mean for this bill? And I know. There's a lot of buzz around Secure 2.0, which is a broader retirement set of broader retirement reforms. But in terms of emergency savings, does this get tacked onto the uh, Secure 2.0? Does it become its own bill? What's the likelihood that this passes before and after uh, we get an election, we have the election?
1: Yeah to your point it is very hard to have a crystal ball and uh we are we are very optimistic there there seems to be a true bipartisan spirit around retirement security legislation and you know there's three bills that are you know moving through the house and senate uh you know different committees but i'll say there's the Emergency Savings Account Act of 2022 introduced by Senators Young and Booker uh and there's an, another bill called Enhancing Access uh to or, or excuse me, the uh, Enhanced Emergency and Retirement Savings Act uh, introduced by Senators Bennett and Lankford. Uh, so those are two options that are already incorporated in this package of bills moving forward. We would like to see a third option that wouldn't be directly tied to retirement accounts, what we call an out-of-plan option for those millions of Americans who don't have access to a retirement plan and allowing employers to offer emergency savings directly with automatic enrollment. But I think the key is having optionality because employers and employees have different needs depending on their specific circumstances. So we would like to see what we often say many flowers blooming. There's already two options incorporated into these pieces of legislation. We're really optimistic that uh, they will move along with this package and that Hopefully, by the end of this year, uh, there are more choices for both employers and employees to enable emergency savings, to incentivize it uh, as part of retirement security and standalone, and doing it in a way that enables automatic
0: enrollment, too. Brian, you you brought up the millions of Americans. I think, you know, it depends on who you talk to. There's like 50, 60, 70 million. I'm going to go with 70 million Americans that do not have a workplace retirement plan. Are there options available for the state-run retirement programs like Oregon? Oregon saves, Cal Savers, Massachusetts just, I think, enacted a bill. Maryland saves his life. So there are more and more states and commonwealths, I should say, that are creating these, these plans. Are there options available for those plans as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and as a, a resident of Massachusetts, you definitely have to include the commonwealths. Um, but uh, Maryland saves is a great example where they intentionally built in emergency savings provision into their automatic IRA plan. Um, the folks in California and Oregon have leveraged emergency savings features as well. So as those become more prominent and cover more employees and support those, you know, small employers to provide access to retirement savings. Incorporating emergency savings with uh, automatic enrollment is uh, definitely a possibility. I would say, yeah, check out the Maryland Saves model because I think they're learning lessons from some of the earlier implementations and really intentionally including emergency savings as
0: well. Yep. The states are the laboratories of democracy. Brian, great to see you. Thanks so much for the deep dive. Congratulations on the success to UPS. I'm waiting for my package, by the way. I'm going to have to go down and uh, see if it's arrived. Great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us. And we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon.
1: Thank you very much.
0: That wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, entertainment, so much more, and all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content? Well, visit our website and of course our streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for another edition of BRNAM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity